time to take the next step with Looney Libis. Um, welcome back to the Next Step Podcast. I am here in Singapore with Hulsim Lakani. I am the founder and CEO of Invest to Innovate, or I2I. And where, where does I2I work, and what, what do you do? Give me the two minutes. Sure. I2I supports uh, startup communities in frontier markets, but we've been operating in Pakistan for the last seven years, though we have done work in other geographies. Our main base of operations and where we went deep was in Pakistan starting in 2011. Well, where are the other geographies? So they, so they, they don't... They... Who knows where they're going to listen Yeah, from. exactly. Uh, we've supported an accelerator in Bangladesh. Um, we've worked uh, in, in in Ukraine. We've worked on modules um, in, uh, I guess, like Kosovo, but also like talked, started doing some work initially in Nepal as well. Nice. All right. So we're in an accelerator for an accelerators, uh, and you're one of the teachers, right, along with Fledge and, and uh, 10 others. We, what What is driving you to, to not just go deep in one country, but like help others go, go deep in their country. Yeah. I mean, I think we were going deep just in our country for a really long time. And what started to happen was that people would reach out to us. So in Bangladesh, um, there wasn't an accelerator operating, um, you know, four years ago, but the guys that decided to start it reached out to us because they saw that we'd been doing it in Pakistan and the markets are relatively similar, um, and asked if we could help them. Um, and so I think for us, what's been, we're, we've been kind of passive in how we've been supporting other programs. And I think because we've gone deep in a market that's not easy to operate in, in a very nascent, at the time when we started a very nascent ecosystem, um, I think what we realize is that we don't want other people to make the same mistakes that we did. So we realize that we have a lot of knowledge that we could help support other people. So as we've met people um, in Nepal recently, the, the U.S. Embassy brought us out there to do a scoping um, a scoping trip. And we met a bunch of players there and realized that there was so much to be supportive of um, without having to go in and start our own accelerator. Great. And and then how many companies have you worked with in, uh, in Pakistan? Uh, directly through our flagship accelerator, we've uh, graduated 41 companies, but we've worked with um, about 150 companies via our support of other programs within Pakistan. So we've worked with the National Incubation Center, as an example, which is the government's mm -hmm. um, big incubation program, both in Islamabad and in Karachi. Um, we've worked with the provincial government in KP province, which is where Peshawar is, um, on ideation boot camps. So we've done like a bunch of other stuff, but our flagship program has graduated 41. And how many applicants have you seen so far in seven years? Oh my gosh, <laughs> so many. Uh, a couple thousand probably all together um, when you just like put everything together. But yeah, I've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and you have, you don't, you don't have any consolation prize for them. You just, how let's try this sure. one. What's your record on number of times someone has applied before you've let them in? Okay. Before so, you've invited them in. So not before they gave up and stopped. Yeah, stopped not before they gave up. Um, probably like two or three, t three maybe is the most. But I think maybe on average people do apply twice before we get, we let them in. If some, for like at least a few companies that I know of. Yeah. So they have, at this point they have to be pretty outstanding to be accepted. They have to be the pretty first, outstanding. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the ones that I, what I really love are the ones that come back and apply again because I think a lot of times in Pakistan there are now so many other programs that maybe have a lower barrier to entry so people just go to another program. Sure. Um, for us, I think we are we do pretty much demand excellence. So when someone comes back and applies and I've seen like them actually grow over the year that they weren't you know with us, um, mm -hmm. that to me is a really great example of a company. Yeah, our, our record is five. Wow, that's a lot. So we haven't met that person yet. That person's going to the land accelerator. Uh, the one before that was four. Yeah. Strangely enough, four times got rejected and then got into the program they got rejected from on the fourth try because someone couldn't come. Actually, oh. actually, someone could come and the U.S. government wouldn't let them come. 
uh, they couldn't get a, they couldn't get a visa. Okay. Um, you know, lovely United States problems. I like the tenacity though. Like I personally have applied for fellowship programs, like the TED Fellowship. I applied five times before I got to the interview. <laughs> okay. Um, and you have to. You have to. Because you have to have are, that tenacity. Whatever the programs are, they're just more people who want to be in them than than their space. Yeah, for sure. So if the people listening to the podcast are entrepreneurs, that's what the whole podcast is about. So what would you tell this audience if they're thinking about joining in a training program, no matter what scale, why should they do it versus just trekking through and thinking the podcast is enough? I think what's really important for entrepreneurs to think about is that, um, number one, like what does the community look like? For me, the community piece is a really important piece of a a good pro and for me, a good mark of a good program. Um, it's such a lonely track by yourself and just listening sadly to podcasts is, you know, it, it can be very, even increasingly more lonely and sad. Um, so being part of a community where you're not feeling like the only crazy one in the room and being able to learn and have that type of peer group is amazing. I think for, um, a lot of these programs, you get access to so many amazing mentors, which I think, again, really helps elevate your business, which you wouldn't get just by trying to do it on your own, or you could, which is kind of what I did. Like I was in a meta way, a startup, helping startups for a long time. I went out and found my own mentors, right? And I think the, the way that you get access in these That's programs really is rare. That. It's, really, it's really rare to succeed at doing that. You can yeah. try, but, but... Yeah, and I mean, I designed our the way that we even engage mentors based on my own experience of what didn't work for me personally, mm-hmm. but also... N- knowing how difficult it was in, in a place like Pakistan to find good people to mentor you. Like I had to do that hard work myself. So I wanted to make it easier for other people. Okay. And one last question. What percentage of the uh, incubatees you're working with are women? Oh, uh, we've had more than gender parity. So about 60% of our companies are women led companies. Um, and then of the money raised by our companies, 87% of that has been by our female-led companies. Awesome. And we've been talking about gender and power dynamics for the past two, two three yeah, days here. We have. Uh, and um, and it, it's sounding good in the room that, that we're making <laughs> progress on this. Yeah, hopefully. I think there's, it's a lot to chew on. <laughs> yeah, again, back in the, in the greater world of accelerators, right, the 5,000 accelerators in the, in the world, 4,000 and change of them um, probably only work with guys. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to really intentionally think about how you're designing for, you know, creating a space that feels safe for women or make make women even feel safe to even apply. So I think that's that's what you got to do. All right. Anything else you want to add in there? No. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> sure. Thanks for coming on.